Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, it's all over but the shouting. Hey, we're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of April 9th and 10th. Again, a happy new year to all in parallel universe of Rack and Fin Radio when the season opens. Indeed, cause for a happy new year statewide. Trout season open today. A lot of fish stocked here this past week, especially in South Jersey. But let's right now, let's just key in uh, real quickly on the new fluke, a.k.a. summer flounder and sea bass regs for the fluke. The first time in history, there's a slot limit. It's a 149-day season. Check that out. You had a, what, a 16, 16.2% bump in allocation, whatever. So we're looking at slot limit, two fish at 17 to 17.99 inches and one fish 18 inches or greater. The bitching and the moaning is going on. They finally have a slot limit. Other guys that didn't want a slot limit, it's crazy. Like I said, it's all over, but the shouting season kicks off May 2nd. Get your stuff and get it now. Get your gulp, get your fish bites, get everything going. Get your, uh, oh, your, oh, those SNS bucktails, they're going to be deadly. The SNS jig heads with the gulp on here. Now, for sea bass, the limit was jumped up from 12 and a half to 13 inches for all the seasons. Here's what it looks like. May 17th to June 19th, 10 fish at 13. July 1st to August 31st, two fish at 13. August 7th, or October 7th, rather, to October 26th, 10 fish at 13. And November 1st to New Year's Eve, 15 fish again at 13. But back to the trout, a lot of fish out there. 250,000 for today, opening day. We're stocked. That's a 70,000 fish bump. And yeah, they brought the, the stocking schedule is back to a weekly thing. Next three weeks, four weeks in South Jersey, waters are going to be getting hit on a weekly basis. And the bonus broodstock program is back. Gotta love that. Birch Grove Park Pond. Okay, now they're getting 580 for today. In, in addition, in that amount, are 53-year-old breeders. These fish are anywhere from 18 to 26 inches, up to 7, 8 pounds. Shaw's Mill Pond, 760, again, with 50 breeders. And Crystal Lake out there, Burlington County, 800, again, with the 50 breeders in there. Now, uh, they're going to be stocked. Uh, Birch Grove's going to get hit again this Wednesday. Shaw's Mill Pond's going to get hit Thursday. Same thing with Crystal Lake. Some other fave waters. On the Rack and Fin roster, Ponda Lodge Pond out here in the Villas. What a place. Got 710 is going to get stocked this Thursday. Pahaka on Lake Route 9 there in Tucker. 910, whoa! Well, you got to battle the cormorants and the ospreys there, like other places. That's going to get Wednesday. Iona Lake out there on Route 40. What a sleeper. What a great little place. 640, that's going to get stocked this Tuesday. And South Violin Park Pond, a.k.a. a park. Like, that's a lake. That's not a pond. It gets stocked with 700, and that's going to get hit again this Thursday. Now, Tom's River is on that, what I call the uh, the Hot 14, the premier trout streams. That's going to be stocked Monday. And again, it's a 5 p.m. opening because it's one of the closed waters. So Monday, you can't fish here until 5 p.m. For today, it was stocked with 1,890. And the trout conservation area at the base of Riverwood Park, down to 571 there, that was stocked with 630. But there's still plenty of holdovers in there. Okay, man, go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a lot of stuff going on. Really jam-packed show. Grab that cup. Grab that Red Bull. Coming up, Frank Mahalik. Big Tiger Frank, man. Talking late April, Tog Tactics, Nick Cicero from Tsunami. They're a great line of salt, X, saltwater, and freshwater hooks. They are out there now. And we're going to wrap it up, too. We have Chris Smith talking pre-spawn bass in South Jersey. Oh, I think we have time for some fishing reports. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. We'll be right back. 
Rack and Fin Radio. Happy New Year, Trout Time. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Ding dong! Spring's here. The flowers are blooming. The bees are buzzing. The sun is shining. It's Spring-a-ling-a-ding-dong. And Maury's Piers is taking 15% off season passes, water park admission, ticket cards, and more. Now through April 22nd, you can save big. At 15% off, it's time to spring for a summer full of rides. Slides. Pizza pies and Curly's fries. Visit Maury'sPiers.com now and save. When you need advanced heart care, everything comes to a halt. You have a serious decision to make. So you do your research, and all roads lead to Penn Medicine, the region's only nationally ranked heart and vascular center. We perform the most advanced heart procedures in the region, leading to high success rates for even the most complex cases. And through clinical trials, we develop and perfect the latest innovations. For peace of mind when you need it most, visit PennMedicine.org slash Advanced Heart Care to schedule an appointment. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Okay, we have two weeks left. I know Trout season open today, but we're talking TOG here with the TOG master, the pro TOGger, Frankie Mahalik. Two weeks left in the TOG season. Now it's, you know, it, this is the time when the bite's going to increase. Ho- hopefully the water's getting warmer on the bottom. TOG are on the move. Again, joining us on the line right now is Frank Mahalik, a.k.a. the pro TOGger. Frankie's a rod, on the rod designing team of Century Rods. He has a TOG ride out there, people you cannot believe, or TOG rods. We'll get into that in a little bit. He's also a seminar speaker and a writer for various fishing publications. Pro Togger, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin this morning, brother. Thanks for having me, Tom. How are you? Um, lock, cock, and ready to rock, man. Two weeks left in the TOG, Frankie, before. And then you have that one fish thing that starts in the summer. But it is crunch time now, Frank. I'm going to get right to the questions we discussed. Now, April togging, next two weeks. How does it differ from... Like the late November, uh, December, January talking. What's the dealio, bro? Go. Oh, you know, Tom, it kind of it kind of comes in just like it went out in the winter. Same rig, same jigs. You're doing pretty much the same thing, but you got to add a little bit of different bait in there too. We use a lot more clams for bait in the springtime to get the fish going. And believe it or not, cooked shrimp. Sometimes these blackfish go crazy over cooked shrimp. Mm-hmm. Go to Walmart, buy the bag out of the frozen seafood section, and I don't mean you know I don't mean raw shrimp. I mean actually cooked shelled shrimp, like mm-hmm. they're ready for the cocktail sauce. I don't know why, but it's true. I, but Frank, is there any type of crab crunch going on this time of year? Oh, of course. Yeah, they're still eating the white crabs. They're still eating the green crabs. And that goes without saying. I usually bait up with a piece of crab on the hook first, and then I'll put like a half a green crab or a quarter of a white crab to get get the fish going. Frank, you're one of the best in the biz doing this. You've been doing this for decades and excelling at it. Your take, Frank, your opinion on on the springtime, the togs, mouths, or jaws are sore, or lips are sore, or teeth are falling out. What's what's the story with that? What's your take on, on, you hear this all the time. I've seen it. I've heard it. It seems like in the springtime, their mouths are a little more pink. That may be from them kind of being aggressive towards each other, getting ready to spawn. You know, you're kind of in the pre-spawn condition right Uh now. So I don't really, I think they're more just waking up from their, from their winter sleep and they're going in there and getting ready to chow down. So they, 
They definitely do have an interest in softer baits now, but they eat soft baits all the time. The reason they don't use soft baits much in the fall is mostly because the dogfish will just cover you up and go crazy. There you go, man. They're, they're, I hear they're out already, Frank, in numbers. Hey, Frank, now here's, here's, the sure. big, here's the big debate, Franco. Where are we going? Rig or a jig? Jig or rig? Last two weeks of the season in April, Frank, fishing deeper water, shallow water, sticky structure. What do you got, my brother? Uh, we're always on the sticky structure, you know, always, yeah. always. Um, re usually on the reef sites because it's the greatest concentration of fish and we don't have to run too far. I really prefer the jig at times when there's lighter current. If they're just not eating the eating the bait the right way on the rig, if they're coming up and just pecking at it and then, then they leave it alone, um, at that time, the jig can really, really do well. I really prefer to do it on days when it's light current. And okay. it really has to do with where I'm fishing at on the boat, too. Uh, when I'm fishing a rig, I prefer to fish up next to the house. I like to cast forward, get up there by the anchor lines. I'm fishing a spot where really nobody else on the boat is fishing. Mm -hmm. But if I'm fishing a jig, a lot of times that jig is being swept in the current. It's being swept towards the back of the boat. So if I'm fishing on one of the stern corners or across the back of the boat, it's much easier for me to control the wash of that jig, how it moves yeah. on the bottom so that it doesn't get pulled in, in the rest of my charter, uh, you know, the rest of my charter partners lines. I'm not there to screw them up. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> But if I'm on the back of the boat, it's a lot easier to control that flow. Okay, Joe's on a rack and fin line this morning. Very special guest, Frankie Mihalik, a.k.a. the pro togger. Frank's the, uh, on the rod designing team for Century Rods. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, seminar speaker, as you've seen, is, is byline in many articles and various fishing publications. But Frankie, before I want to get to, uh, you know, your, and then here's the thing with Frank, people, you got to love it. He is shares the knowledge. Yeah, he wants people to catch tug. Right before we get to that, jig color make a difference. I've seen God. There's there's from the plain leadhead to fluorescent purple to whatever out there. You think the color makes a difference, or is it the bait combination of both? I think it's both. I think there are times when um, you know when the fish are really attracted to that orange or yellow color of the crab guts, then I want to stick with that color. But one thing you really need to be concerned with here is again, it's it's more trying to stay away from the dogfish. Uh -huh. Where if you're using glow beads, if you're using glow color jigs, if you're lifting your bait up off the bottom, those dogfish will come in there and swarm under your boat. And then the blackfish don't have a chance to get to the bait. They have to right. stay hunkered down in the hole so they're not getting attacked by the blackfish. Mm -hmm. So I tend to stay away from shiny. I tend to stay away from glow. I really like a, a, either a plain lead or like a black muscle color, just go. like a plain black, not shiny. Uh, that that seems to work best for me as far as keeping those dogfish away and giving the blackfish a, a chance to eat it. Sometimes the glow does really, really good. But at the same time, it depends. If there's dogfish around, you got to stay away from that. That's it, Frank. To the rigs. Snafu, double hook, single hook. What's your fave when you go to the rig? Snafus are great. Single hooks are great as far as not having to worry about anything pop off. Then again, the state record was caught two years ago on one of my slider rigs that I tied. So um, personally, per personally, I use slider rigs and I use sweetheart rigs, which is a sweetheart rig is simply uh, the top hook is inverted. It's, t it's put on the opposite direction 
whereas the slider rig both hooks stack up against each other. Slider rig is great for two halves of a crab, two separate baits. If you're putting two hooks in one crab, I really prefer the sweetheart rig. The leader lies nice and straight. It's mm-hmm. easy to tie. Um, tie a slider rig and tie a snafu. You can tie three slider rigs in the time it takes you to tie one snafu. So mm-hmm. that, that'll get you where you need to go. Yeah, Frank, now you have a, you have a habit. I, I, habit's not, not strong enough a word. You catch a lot of big tog, Mihalik. You catch a lot of big fish. Targeting where? This time, two weeks left in the season, water getting a little warmer. Where are you targeting the tog now? Around heavy, like metal uh, metal structure, you know, tanks, concrete, pilings. What's the deal? Yeah, and anything offshore. We're usually out in like um, we're usually out in like sixty feet of water or more normally, because the big the biggest blackfish are always caught off of the reefs. Um, there's been a lot of people that say different things at different times of the year, but I'm telling you, there are not many, you know, there used to be this, this misnomer too, that everybody said, Oh, the blackfish come into spring in, in, in short to, to spawn in the spring. That's not really true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little tiny blackfish do when you get the, when you fish inshore long enough, which I fished inshore many a years. I mean, for like eight or 10 years when my, when my son played ice hockey and I didn't have the money to go jump on charter boats. Those, I think the biggest fish I saw inshore caught by anybody on any other boat was like eight pounds. Mm-hmm. That's it. The big fish do not come inshore. The big fish actually live on a wreck. They spend their life on the wreck. They spawn on the wreck. I've talked to captains who've seen black fish spawning 30 miles offshore in 150 foot of water. And they see the female coming towards the surface with the males nudging her. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're, they're spawning where they live. The little ones come inshore and they go offshore. The bigger ones find a home in a wreck. They stay there and that's where they live their lives. So we spend most of our time on the reef sites and further out. Mm-hmm. Frank, all your time on the water, you know, here at different meetings, I talk to biologists, whatever, and 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 tog anglers such as yourself, seems like the 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 nuance now are that the tog are in decline, the stocks are are falling or diminishing. What's your take on that, Frank? There's a lot of things coming at it, Tom. I mean, mismanagement mis- mismanagement from National Marine Fishy, Fishery Services is probably number one. I mean, fluke season ends in September. Sea bass needs to be open, needs to be open in October. Last year, sea bass, um, fluke season closes, sea bass season is closed. The only thing open is blackfish and porgy. So you got every guy with his own boat in the water. Every mm-hmm. charter boat, every head boat is fishing for tog, and the limit's one fish a day, and everybody's happy with it. But we're literally beating the hell out of the inshore blackfish. Um if we could make that sea bass open in October, you get sea bass and you get a little tog and you get a little bit of porgy and maybe it won't be so bad on them. But that's really, um, that's just brutally pounding these fish stocks. It is. A couple other things, a couple other things too, that people really don't think about. The underground live fish market has been going on for years. Small boats railed with guys and huge live wells show up under bridges at slack tide. They fill up on tiny fish. They leave when the tide gets going, so they're there for an hour. This same boat does this every slack tide period. You see it over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. 
there's fish tanks in markets, pet stores, garages. They're selling live blackfish. I've seen this every season since the 80s. Wow. Huge busts happen. Boats get fined. But it still goes on. And if these people are not following regulation, do you think that they're worrying about the season being open? I don't really think so. Exactly right. We're speaking with Frank Mahalik. He is a pro togger, Frank Mahalik. You've seen, well, if you've ever been to one of his summer, AC Boat Show. I think if they had it, listen to me, Mahalik, I'm telling you this. If they had it at opening or a half hour before closing, you'd still pack that room. That whole there is when you're giving a seminar. And Frank's also on the rod design team for Century Rods. Uh, seminar speaker, fishing writer. We're talking tog here. Two weeks left in the season. Well, Frank, on an individual basis, individual tog, or be it novice, be it a, a pro, whatever, expert, what you say, what can the individual angler do to, to, to help maybe stance the decline? My guys, my charter group, we have a self-imposed gentleman's limit where we're just going to keep two male fish per day, uh, that's it. Fish over eight pounds go back, and we're doing the best that we can do to make sure we preserve the stocks. If National Marine Fish Fishery Services take some of the pressure off these fish, if we have a really good fall bass run, that'll take a lot of pressure off the fish too. Sure. The guys will start trolling for bass. People will be on the beach fishing for bass, and these togs won't have so much pressure on them. Well, Frank, well, you're at all the meetings and everything. What are you hearing down the road from uh, Marine Fisheries Council, ASMFC, uh, NMA, wh whatever, about are there, uh, you think there's some more tog restrictions coming pretty soon, the next year or two? Well, you know, they they overmanage everything to a point where they, where they think they're helping, and in reality, they're hurting. Like this recent situation with the blackfish, I mean, the only reason we have that one fish limit from August through October is in the spirit of letting the inshore guys, the guys who are fishing off the jetties, letting them keep a fish for the dinner table. Sure. The guys on the boats aren't really too interested in catching one fish. Why that fishery is open to boat anglers, I don't really know. If they could make that a land-based angler fishery only, that would eliminate so much pressure on those fish. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Frank, let's get, we're up against a hard break here. We're speaking of Frank Mahalik. Listen, great guy, expert fisherman, and just willing to share the knowledge up down inside if you, if you, as you know, listening to this interview. Well, Frank, let's get to Century Rods, your deal with them, your, your TOG Rod, Rod Series, whatever you have going. I see them at the shows. Absolutely phenomenal. A constant work in progress. I know you're you're a you're a taskmaster when it comes to quality and performance. New stuff coming down the line. What do you got? Oh, we got crazy stuff going on with Century, Tom. <laughs> and the reason the reason I'm such a good fit with Century is because uh, Century lets me get involved in the process. Right. I mean, for those that don't know, the Century Rod Manufacturing Company they don't just make fishing rods; they make aerospace and formula one chassis and body parts in the uk um so they fishing rods became like a byproduct of them i've been using century fishing rods for about 10 years or so when at a show i spoke with the u.s importer of century rods ryan white he's from hatteras jacks in in uh in the outer bank right yeah. ryan assembles these small batch custom design rods and after a few prototypes, um, Frank Mahalik's Protogger was ready, and it's kind of taken the blackfish world by storm. But I don't just want free rods. I don't want to go catch fish and tell a company how great they are. 
I do really want to challenge and improve every aspect of exactly. the gear. Mm -hmm. I want to be involved in the design of the blank and in the design of the layout and the configurations. Sometimes the smallest design change makes a good product a great product. Exactly right. A century, a century manufactures each different blank one at a time on its own mandrel, and they use this thing called an autoclave, completely different than what any other rod building is doing. What the autoclave does is it simultaneously puts pressure on the inner walls of the blank while a vacuum is applied to the outer walls of the blank. They then apply heat, and then they pump the blank full of resin. It sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on, but the <laughs> results are an exceptionally thin, light, and strong blank without any voids in the walls. So it truly makes it a best-in-class situation as far as manufacturing a fishing rod this takes it to like a whole new level exactly frank i've seen your demonstrations at the seminars this was phenomenal century rods check out the frank mahalik prototyper frank thanks for joining us sharing your tips and techniques hope to see you on the water one day this spring buddy thanks tom always got a spot for you we'll see you man be good see ya. you too frank mahalik great guy up against some great grab that cup grab that rebel be right back rack and fin radio the WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside Rack and Fin Radio to meet Tom P. Weekend of April 9th and 10th. Okay, enough talk about Tog, enough talk about Trout. Let's get to the bass the largemouth kind. South Jersey offers some of the best largemouth bass fishing in the mid-Atlantic region. Know where to go. Hey, pre-spawn time is happening. If um, oh, People I spoke to said they're already seeing indications at the spawn. Maybe yeah, a little early for mine. Put a call in to Chris Smith, Principal Fisheries Biologist, New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries. Uh, tournament bass angler, former two-time New Jersey Bass Angler of the Year. Chris knows wherever he speaks in the field and on the water. In fact, when he's on the water, man, creates disorder on the water with those large mouths. Chris, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin. How you been, bud? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me. Before we get going, how's Michelle, those lovely girls? Everybody's doing well. Thanks for asking. Okay, let's get to the pre-spawn tactics, Chris. What you, very capricious weather patterns. It's freaking freezing, then it's cold, and it's freezing, and it's raining. Sun's out. What's uh, How is this affecting bass behavior, bud? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely the spring that we've had so far over the last couple of weeks, we, have a, we had a big warm-up, big warming trend a couple of weeks ago. We actually saw some spawning activity, uh, from what I understand, and see it myself, but, uh, you know, had some text and stuff. Uh, but there was definitely a couple of bass on beds. Uh, Park, State Park had a couple. There you go. I imagine, you know, probably Rainbow Lake probably had a couple too. But, but yeah, we had a big cold front come through. Uh, definitely dropped the water temperature back from the, you know, high 50s all the way down into the low 40s. So that really set things back a couple, you know, definitely set things back a little bit. So, you know, right now we had some rain. We had a lot of rain, actually. Yeah. Dirty the water up. We have high water conditions right now. But we have a warming trend, you know, here in the forecast. Things are going to get good here over the next couple of days. Getting really excited. Now, Chris, those bass that were on the beds and that water temperature jumped, and, uh, jumped rather, and then it dropped. Did they back off? 
Yeah, absolutely. It depends on how, you know, how committed they are to the beds. And those early fish that come up, you know, they kind of get up and they start sniffing around, start rubbing up some beds. Um, but, you know, they haven't really spawned yet. You know, they're, right. they, they, they try, they go through the motions, but they kind of know instinctually that, that it's too early and, you know, that they just shouldn't do their, they shouldn't do their thing yet. So, you know, they kind of wait. You know, those fish don't, you know, they don't spawn as quickly as the later fish will. Um, you know, they kind of will pull off. So mm-hmm. they'll probably be the first ones to pull back up, you know, here in the next couple of days. Now, Chris, this is like late winter, early spring where we have, this is the prime time, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong, to catch the biggest, a.k.a. heaviest fish of the year, the Agladen females. This prime time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming off of the, uh, you know, when they do their fall feed into the winter as the bass, you know, bass stay pretty active all winter long, particularly when they're not even under the ice. You know, pretty popular species through ice fishing. Yep. Um, you know, they stay they stay feeding all winter long. So, you know, they continue to put on the weight. So the transition between the late winter feeding time and the early pre-spawn, you know, when they start putting on egg mass, that is absolutely the heaviest that the fish will be all year long. Now, Chris, are they aggressive? I mean, it's not it's not really the water temperature is not really conducive for them for metabolism for them to really be you know rocking and rolling. Is it a finesse situation, or are those fish getting more aggressive by the day? Temperature goes up a degree or two, and it correlates to them getting like you know, hey, let's kick some ass. What do you think? These these fish are aggressive. Largemouth, largemouth particularly, largemouth are aggressive as soon as the water gets into the high forties, high forty eight to fifty two degrees. In the pre spawn is a real key water temperature. You know, all over the country, particularly Beautiful. in this area, mm-hmm. you know, we see fish. You know, you know, devouring. You know, big baits. You know, big giant swim baits, eight. You know, nine, ten inch long swim baits, mimicking gizzard shad, golden shiners. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, they 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 like a big meal and they're super aggressive this time of year. As we get closer to the spawn, they get a little more finicky. You know, as the water temperature gets warmer, it's kind of counterintuitive to what we believe. We we, we think that water temperature okay. is getting more was getting warmer fish are getting more active but they're getting closer to the spawn so that their transition goes from feeding to spawning that that's when they get a little more finicky and that's what we're going to be working on over the next couple weeks okay chris does finicky correlate to more finesse uh, tactics more downsized tackle lighter tackle smaller baits yeah, absolutely. I think their strike zone gets a lot smaller. So places where the water remains clear, um, you know, even in your cedary, you know, South Jersey, cedary colored lakes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they can be clear and still be stained with tan and stain, but they can be clear. Um, that's where some of your finesse techniques are going to come in, uh, where you have a little more stained water, uh, maybe someplace like uh, Sunset Lake over in Bridgeton or, yeah. or the Salem Canal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> High water conditions right now, a little muddy water. You know, then you're going to be able to throw more some reaction baits, spinner baits, chatter baits. You know, you kind of kind of come into play a little more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Joining us on the Rack and Fin line is Chris Smith, Principal Fisheries Biologist, Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries, uh, tournament bass angler, former two-time New Jersey bass angler. We were talking pre-spawn bass tactics. But Chris, where are again? It's predicated on the water, uh, the venue. I realize that. Where are guys and gals looking for bass these next week or this next week or two? Where, where, where are we targeting? 
This is probably, you know, particularly with the, uh, you know, with the conditions that we're, that we're dealing with right now with the rain that we just had. We had probably, you know, in some areas had upwards of a couple inches of rain, right. you know, maybe mm-hmm. two, three inches of rain. Water level's high. The streams are all high for um, you know, all of our trout streams are high right now. Um, you know, that high, dirty water with a warming trend brings fish shallow really fast. No oh. matter what time of year, whether it's fall, summer, you know, spring, high Rising water brings fish to the bank, particularly in the spring when they're getting ready to spawn. So I'd say, you know, you know, most anglers are going to catch your fish in, in less than five feet of water, um, you know, close to the, you know, within a cast instance of the, of the bank, um, whether you're fishing from shoreline or fishing from the boat, you know, you're, you're going to want to target the shoreline right now. Chris, weeds uh, have a role in the game now? Yeah, absolutely. Any any cover that's in a lake, uh, you know, depending on what the predominant cover is going to be, um, if it's some place that has, you know, submerged vegetation, you know, they're going to go towards that. You know, we don't have many lakes in South Jersey that have, you know, hydrilla or milfoil right. or, or that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, li- yellow water lily or spatter dock, you know, those pads, as they're first coming up. You know, in the spring, as they're just starting to break the surface, we even get a lot of spawning activity around those lily pads. So that's that's key. Finding those pad clumps. Um, anytime you have, uh, you know, lay down trees or brush, or you know, you know, even if it's a small little stick on the bank, if it's a bank that's pretty much void of cover, yeah. that seems to be mm-hmm. that'll be the key area to target. Okay, Chris. Here's the deal. Now, water clears up. Uh, water the water table lowers. What? Give me some. Uh, give me three or four of your top baits, top tags that you're going to use for the shallow water largemouth at this stage of the game. You know, definitely as the water's clearing up, you know, you can't beat a wacky, you know, a wacky rig worm. You know, whether it's a Senko or any other brand, you know, weightless, you mm-hmm. know, stick worm. Um, you know, definitely a, a great bait. You know, whether it's Texas rig, wacky rig, you know, with a weight, without a weight. Um, it's a, it's just a great technique in the yep. spring, um, particularly when they have a real strong, uh, small strike zone, um, and they're a little finicky. Great little subtle bait that you know that works pretty much dirty water, clear water. It works everywhere. Um, you know those probably those little more aggressive fish. Sometimes early morning hours, um, you still catch a couple of fish on a crankbait, chatterbait, you know mm-hmm. spinnerbait. Um, you know, before they go on the beds, you know, once they go on the beds, they get a little, you know, a little more finicky, like I said, and, you know, creature baits, you know, right. like a, a, a beaver or something like that, right. you know, but we'll come in. Okay. We're going to turn me on a couple of years ago, this Ned rig thing, uh, early season, I'm finding that, whoa, <laughs> they, they yes, are loving the Ned, that, the man. Ned, <laughs> the Ned's a great technique, you know, cold, particularly cold water, yep. uh, cold water, you know, or early fall, you know, all the way through the, uh, you know, through the winter, um, you know, when they go into a little bit deeper areas, they're, they don't, you know, they're not really active. They're not moving a lot, you know, and, and, and even when you know exactly where they're sitting, you know, in deep holes, maybe along like some pilings or a bulkhead or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, the Ned's a Perfect. great finesse yep. technique. Okay, Chris, yeah. before I let you go, uh, give us three or four of your, your prime South Jersey waters right now, next couple of weeks, four to pre-spawn larger, getting, targeting that biggest fish of the season. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, over the years, I've, I've kind of thrown out the, you know, st- you know, a lot of the same places. But, you know, right now we're seeing, uh, you know, some of my favorites are, are, you know, the fisheries are doing really well right now. Yep. Um, I'm seeing some pictures of some really big fish being caught from, you know, from a number of these places. Places like Parvin State Park, as I already mentioned. Yeah. Great place. Bass 
six, seven pounders are being caught, you know, all through last fall, you know, big swim baits, you know, the fitness techniques like the Ned. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, definitely over the next week or so, you know, somebody's going to catch a seven or eight pounder again, you know, probably, you know, pre-spawn or spawning, um, you know, at that right. lake, um, the DOD lake, you know, one of our other wildlife yeah. management areas, other um, Town. great, yeah, 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 that's that would be another key place. Um, the Salem Canal, we've already had some tournaments, you know, tournament results coming in. We're hearing about a lot of a lot a good couple year classes of fish that are coming up at the Salem Canal. Right now some small fish, but looks good for the future, and some big fish are being caught. So that's another one I'd target. Um, Rainbow Lake, um, one of our WMAs. Right. Um, again, some good results coming out of there. Um, over in Atlantic County, I'd say maybe a Lake Lenape. I think there was a bass over six, six and a half pounds that was caught Just in the last couple of weeks in a tournament. Yep. And then I'm gonna round oh. I'm gonna round it out with my favorite, you know, my favorite lake, South Jersey, Union Lake. I mean, it's our there biggest it lake at eight hundred and ninety eight acres. Definitely my favorite lake that I fish, uh, you know, regularly. Um, and I think that one's got the real potential for uh, for a big one this year, too. Well, On top of those smallmouth, you yeah. know, as an added bonus. Oh, uh, well, Chris, well, hats off to you, the division of the Bureau, especially just making South Jersey, all of all New Jersey, really. But South Jersey is a destination place for quality largemouth bass fishing, Chris. I swear by it. You know me, Chris, I get up and down the state, and I, oh, I Union in particular, Chris, uh, Lenape in particular, right there at Mays Landing. Listen, it's a great place. What gets me, oh, Chris, have to, I know we're up against heartbreak here. I got over there. Okay, come on. That parvin, that's what, six, maybe seven feet of the deepest, how that keeps, mm -hmm. pro also Assenpink was well, a lot bigger, but how it keeps producing quality fish like that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, just a you know a testament to our you know our quality stocking program yep. that we do that we have for supplementing you know we supplement you know some of our largemouth bass natural reproduction with some additional stocking you know every few years we put some additional fish in there the trophy bass regulations that we have in place and the conservation ethic of a lot of our anglers of you know you know releasing those fish um, you yep. know definitely you know. You can harvest when you want, um, but definitely getting, you know, taking care of those fish during tournaments uh, and getting them back yep. in the water safely um, is, is definitely key. Bass fish in South Jersey firing in all cylinders, people. Okay, Chris, you take care, man. See you in the water, brother. All right. Take care. You. Trout, what trout? I don't, I'm, 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 I'm like a pinball in the studio. Okay, be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Fox News. Until NATO. Global condemnation after dozens of people were killed when missiles hit a train station in eastern Ukraine. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who was in Ukraine Friday. It is appalling. It is horrible. It's a nightmare. And I really want to say that our thoughts are with those families and with those poor people. Russia denies it was involved, but Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said. Our assessment is that, uh, that, that this was a Russian strike uh, and that they used a short-range ballistic missile to, uh, to conduct it. Most of the victims believed to be civilians trying to escape the Russian invasion. Wall beds made by Bestar and sold by Costco and Amazon are being recalled after a woman was killed by one of the beds falling on her. Sixty other incidents related to falling beds have been reported. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. 
Overnight with some clouds, brisk and chilly, there will be a spotty shower, low 46. During the day Saturday, partly sunny, breezy, cooler, high 57. With clearing Saturday night, quite chilly, the low near 40. Sunday, breezy and cool with some sun, high 52. And Monday, the coming milder with some sun, the high around 60. I'm AccuWeather's Kerr Bavinsky on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Okay, now, now through May, Rack and Fin Radio Center every week, or two out of every three weeks, three out of every four weeks, covering some new products out there. Some I tell you, I tried some of these late last fall. Uh, Tsunami. Everyone knows Tsunami based up there, up there on McKee Drive, Folsom Corporation. Their line, new line, it's now they're everywhere. The distribution is out there, of course. It's Tsunami. They, they really have a, a great road crew out there and delivery crew. The Salt X Hook Series, okay? Yeah, there's a lot of hooks out there. But again, the, following the what I've seen over the years of Tsunami philosophy, they saw the need for premium hooks at a fisherman-friendly price. These things have been absolutely devastatingly effective. Join us online right now for a few minutes. Very special guest is Nick Cicero. He is the national sales manager for Tsunami. They're going to talk to him. Salt X hooks they are going to be at your favorite tackle dealer. Run out right after you. After, I'm telling you, these are the hooks for this year. Nick, thanks for joining us. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Tom. Nick. The hooks, I, I tried them out last, I guess, late October through November into December. Various salt and freshwater applications. Nick, they have been fantastic. And uh, at, believe it, at such friendly retail prices, Nick, you guys got a grand slam going. Thanks, Tom. You know, we've looked at that category, hooks, for a very, very long time. And there's no question that there's a lot of really high-quality hooks out there. Every place we looked, we found one little thing here and one little thing there that we didn't like. And we thought that if we ever got the opportunity to put it all together and design hooks the way we wanted them designed, uh, that we we would go ahead and do it. And uh, we've been working with this factory for a few years now, and we finally put it together. And I think what we have now is not just something that's very affordable, but Probably the the absolute best quality, consistent quality hooks that you can possibly buy. Listen, those are the buzzwords, especially in the hook, what I call the metal business, consistent quality. Nick, you have inline circles, octopus bait circles, J-bait hooks, offset light circles. You have, a, you have the whole itinerary there. You got the, the whole roster. Yeah, we tried to improve, though, in places where we saw weaknesses. I'll give you, for instance, uh, Particularly today with braided lines, uh, many of the uh, premium hooks that are on the market have barb profiles that are far too high. You don't need that much barb. Actually, you want to keep the barb nice and low because uh, it improves penetration. The other place that we definitely improved our hooks is at the eye. Mm-hmm. It, m- many times when you're snelling hooks, particularly like turn down eye hooks, uh, octopus hooks, bait holder style hooks. Uh, the eyes aren't finished properly and you'll scratch the leader material. Uh, if you take one of our hooks out of package, inspect it, you'll see how well they're finished. The eyes are tapered, they're ground, they're, they fit perfectly. There's no high spot, there's no rough spot. 
Uh, it's the consistency of of the uh, the way the work is done and mm -hmm. and multiple inspections all the way through the process that gives us a, a, a consistent finished product. I think anybody that just pulls them out of package and looks at them uh, will be more than impressed. Another thing we did, and again, it comes from hands-on fishing applications. Right. You look at most, say, 102030 octopus hooks. Very popular hook shape, let's say, for something like tog fishing. The problem is most of the ones that are on the market, the wire diameter is just a little too thin. And fishing tog, heavy leader, heavy tackle, mm -hmm. I've seen them straighten. I've seen them break. Oh, yeah. Ours are about 15% thicker. So um, you'll find a little bit more wire in ours um, progressively through the, the, the lineup of hooks. They're just stronger for their hook size than most everything else that's on the market. Little stuff like that. We tried to improve every place we could. Well, like you mentioned that the uh, the inspection process, I see it's a 15-step, 100% inspection process. Well, yeah, yeah, Tom, it starts with the wire. You know, uh, the, the problem with metallurgy is consistency. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where it starts. When the wire shows up, it's tested. And... You know, there's a real specific sort of tensile strength that we're looking at for. Um, some uh, some wire uh, can be very strong, but it can be brittle. Brittle. We yeah. we like a wire that has enough spring to it where it recovers. And if in fact, if it's stressed too much, I'd rather the hook open five or ten percent rather than snap because you can still land a fish mm -hmm. on a hook that's slightly open but you'll never land one on a fish a hook that breaks <laughs> that's so true. it's just all of that sort of stuff that we we, we try to do that uh, and, and the same thing with with sharpening the points our points are uh there's seven different grinds that go into sharpening the point they're not over sharpened and when I say not over sharp, they're very sharp, but they're not so sharp that you can curl the point on a rock or a barnacle or something like that. Mm -hmm, seen that happen. Yep. Nick, does that why? That's, that that's, yeah. Hence the G seven razor point seven grind. Well, Nick, these are these are available now uh, throughout the Northeast. I guess everywhere, pretty much. Correct. Yeah, I think I think you know up and down the coast, you'll find them at a number of retailers and uh, both. Uh, Mass merchants and and uh, and independents. The the real value, um, I think, you know, for your listeners, is the uh, what we call the guide uh, packs or the uh, uh, the the budget packs. You get a lot more value. Oh, yeah. in those, and um, you'll see, you get in some cases, you know, forty or fifty hooks compared to somebody else's. Uh, 25 pack for uh, for less money. Right. Um, they're just a great value, and the quality is, I think, you know, personally, uh, knowing what I put into these and the amount of work and 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 uh, the the consistency of quality, I think it's the best hook on the market. Let's just, uh, just add some ligature here. Nikki sister and I go back many years back to the 80s. Uh, God rest his soul, Greg Ventoro. Fish with Nick on Greg Ventoro's boat tuna. I've watched Nick. 
put a size 24 midge, whatever, tricos, whatever, across the Muskinetcong River under a bush and catch a trout that my, my former boss, Dick Wood, ace fly fisherman himself, just turned to me and said, did you see that? Nick, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great little spot up there. He just turned around uh, he turned around and walked back to the truck and said, I think I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a cocktail. Well, Nick, uh, let's uh, let's uh, if you have one minute, Nick. I know you're on a, a super stretch time budget. One with the new fluke season opening up May second. I hope you guys have a great supply of glass minnows because I know the stores are stocked up. But that's going to be a monster, Nicky. Yeah, you know um, we're going to see a lot more back bay fishing, I guess, this year with uh, mm -hmm. with the regulation changes and. Uh, the supply chain is starting to open up again. Uh, most stores are really well stocked, and uh, certainly we are. Uh, we had uh, certainly some issues there for the last two years keeping stuff in stock, but uh, we're back in good shape, and I don't think anybody's going to have any trouble finding what they're looking for at uh, at their favorite store this year. Unless there's the Evict and the Saltex spinning rails. Mary, Mother of God, for the money, the best out there. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us on Rackin' You Take care, brother. Have a great season. Hope to see you on the water one of these days, Mr. Cicero. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. I guess it's uh, no opening day for you tomorrow with this kind of rain we've just yeah. had. But. <laughs> it's slow. <laughs> okay, Nick, you take care, brother. Good luck. Bye now. Just a great guy. No, Nicky, many years. I'll tell you. The same thing. Shout out to Jerry Gomber and Mikey, all those guys up there, Mike Fernandez. These gentlemen are hardcore fishermen they've been in the industry sides Folsom for for decades they know the gig these saltex hooks and again i tried them we fished them hard fresh and salt water smaller sizes naturally for what we do and they have been flawless. Okay, man, grab that cup, grab that Red Bull. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of your Money with Joe Yakovich Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Don't rely on just your cell phone to connect to the internet. Get Xfinity Unlimited Mobile with 5G and fast reliable home internet together for $24.95 a month when you qualify through the affordable connectivity program and internet essentials. Get Unlimited Mobile with 5G and high speed home internet with a modem included all for just $24.95 a month. Act now to get this incredible deal so you can enjoy more streaming, gaming, chatting, and everything else that you love for less. With unlimited mobile and affordable home internet together, you don't have to settle for just one. Join the millions of customers who save by getting both together only with Xfinity. So don't wait. Connect to the things you love for less today. To learn more, go to Xfinity.com slash free, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Restrictions apply. Limited to internet essentials customers meeting eligibility criteria and one unlimited line. Taxes and fees extra. Pricing subject to change. Savings based on pricing of top carriers. Xfinity internet required. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio, Saturday, April 9th. Happy New Year again.
Season opens at a parallel universe of Rackham Radio. The course for New Year's celebration. Trout season opens statewide today. Okay, let's get to some fishing reports down here in Sea Isle Way. It's Mike Cunningham at Sea Isle Bait and Tackle right there on 4120 Park Road. Fish Alley! Mike Critter Cunningham, what is happening, brother? Well, the weather was beating us up this week, that's for sure. But yeah. the, big, the big news for us is we had a couple of guys who snuck out Tuesday, you know, in between the rain squalls, uh, looking for tog. And, um, you know, usually tog are kind of tough. Early April, I'm telling you what, these guys are telling me it was drop and reel. You know, wow. both a couple of guys on it having their limit, you know, before they could drink their first beer. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was something I got a couple of pictures of, some beautiful fish, and they weren't running 100 miles. We're talking five, six wow. miles out, and they this were is... hammering them. Now, the weirdest thing that I've heard in a long time, two different boats came to me and said the same thing. Yo, Critter, they didn't want these white crabs we spent all this money for. They were eating the greens better. There now, you go. Now, was that because wow. it was rainy? Is that because the water's cold? I don't know. But when you hear two people say something, uh -huh. that's weird. Sure. Okay, Mike, what about the stripers in the back? What's the dealio? They're still biting. Again, with that weather, the anglers slowed up. Therefore, the reports slowed up. But I still got reports this week. Again, more of a night bite. We didn't have the guys out there sitting during the day in the rain. Guys were sneaking out after dinner, after work, and uh, and jigging in some of the lights with some soft plastics. And they picked up some stripers. I can't say I heard of anything over 30 inches this week, but um, I'm sure somebody got one and just didn't tell yeah, the tackle that shop. Yeah, that's, that's the normal. That's still a lot of fun. Mikey, a little too early? Because I caught him uh, about the second week in April. A little too early for the Blues to show up? I would say on the calendar, no. On the weather side and the water temperature side, yes. Um, you know, but according to the calendar, they should be. We should we should be starting to see some. But that water's a little chilly. We need some sun. Right. Get this rain out of here. I hear it, Mike. Real fast before I let you go. Uh, Thursday night, the fluke regs finalized. What do you think? I love the extra days. I don't think anybody is going to complain about two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall. Is it the way that I would have done the regulation with that one inch fish? I'll tell you who's mad. The divers. The divers are furious. How are you supposed to pick out a one-inch fish underwater? Um, but I would have done something a little bit different, but nobody's going to complain about a little better spring fishery and a little better fall fishery. There you go. Okay, Mike, you take care, man. Talk to you next week. Thank you. David. Let's hop it up to one-stop bait and tackle. 416 Atlantic Avenue, famous and infamous Noel Feliciano. Noel, my brother, what's happening up your way? Let me tell you something. What's not happening? Oh. The tog situation in the state of New Jersey. The hot spot is Atlantic City jetties. I've weighed in till today. Over 15 fish. Oh. The biggest one is coming close to four pounds every fish. They're hitting clams, fresh clams. Okay. And green crabs. Tog jigs and, and, and regular uh, high-low rigs are just a single. And then I call I, I, I have a rig that is called a one-stop specialty rig. Uh-oh, uh-oh, hold uh, on, hold on. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down. The one-stop specialty rig. Gotcha, go. That's it. Tog, the, the Tog whisper, and, and, it whispers, <laughs> and it whispers in his ear, you know, come on over here and get some of this. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, what about, what about the bass? What about the bass? Talk to me. I just weighed in my first fish a past couple days ago. Uh, it was 28 and a half inches. The fish are on fire. The laughing gulls has showed up. Oh, and that's yeah. the sign. That's it. That's Hello. it, brother. Yep. This is the sign. 
that once they show up, the bass are on the jetties of Atlantic City. Between those two species of fish are been hot and heavy. The one guy had seven fish, one keeper. That's a good ratio, guys. I can't get to express this hard enough, but let me tell you. Up and down the coast, I had a, I had a, uh, one of the best fishing grounds is here. I had a fish that was 46 inches. He was an 80, 81-year-old man. Uh, was caught off the mullica. I had the picture of that. Good for you. And uh, <laughs> I had a video, but I can't post a video. So, <laughs> so going from that, uh, the picture is up, and, 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 and the fish are here. So that, that between those two species yep. of fish... It's keeping Atlantic City alive. Now, well, don't, don't forget, man, in three weeks, uh, Flounder's going to open May 2nd on a Monday. You, uh, you're you going to have those Destroyer uh, minis in there? I already have them. Oh, he already has them, people. He already has them. Okay, well, we'll see you this week, brother. You take care. God bless see you. See you, man. Okay, let's bounce it up Route 9 to New Gretna, Allen's Dock right there. Oh, man, 5698 US 9 going northbound. You can't miss it right under the bridge. Make that right. Go down there. Join us on the line right now is Justin from Allen's Docks. Here we got going on stripers. Here we going on white perch. And I'll tell you, in that Bass River right there, there are some whopper stomper catfish. That water's warming up. Justin, what do you got for us, my brother? Oh, man, I, we had a hell of a day with perch uh, the last couple of days here, oh. even though the weather wasn't so great. Bloodworms, uh, uh, grass shrimp. What's the deal? Bloodworms are cr are crushing it right now. I'm, I'm I can't keep bloodworms in the store. They're the, the perch are eating them up, and the big perch are getting those bloodworms. I mean, the shrimp work great, but with with these worms, we're getting big size uh, perch that you could take home and eat. Just here's my thing with the grass shrimp. They're like peanut monkey. You look at them the wrong way, and they die. Yeah, the, the, the blood yeah, worms, blood, bloods are the thing. Tough. Although we're, we're having yeah, some, you get, yeah, we caught some though on the fish. We caught some on the fish bites, uh, but that that cold water, I think the, the bloods are going to be working better now. Uh, throw some areas at us, man. What do you got? I mean, the mullica up and down. I can't, you know, you know how it is here on the Bass River. If I start naming names and, and <laughs> dropping spots, I'm going to be in big trouble. But, uh, you know, Gene Kaczynski and his son were out there. They were crushing perch the other day on those bloodworms around these secret spots, and it's been good. It's been, hey, uh, dropping tide or incoming? Uh, I like the incoming tide, and right into that slack high is really probably the best. I thought low would funnel them into some, some holes, which is possible. But I think they like a little bit of that salt water. I hear it too. Yeah, we're talking to Justin out here at Allen's Dock on Route 9, northbound, southbound, right there at the parkway over Pearson. Get in there. They are kicking. Well, Jay, for the bass, what are you hearing? What's, uh, what's the tactic? My guys on the dock are all using these umbrellas rigs. Uh, we're, we're getting hooked up with Niners umbrella rigs hopefully soon and, and right. stocking them because they're great. Now, anything in the, in the river itself or in the back bay that you're hearing on the bass? For sure, there's some shorts, uh, and I bet you there's some keepers if you know what you're doing. Mm hmm. Okay, uh, throw it, uh, throw it out the store hours, man. Are you guys open full time now? What's the gig? All the time. We are here six o'clock to six o'clock. We're only closed on Tuesdays. Okay, man. We'll see you. So you wait, whoa, whoa. You're closed on Tuesday. What's up with We're that? Closed on Tuesdays. <laughs> that's it. I know. It, yeah, I couldn't believe it myself. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, give Big George Kurtz our regards. I will. Okay, we'll catch you later. See you next week. Thanks, Tom P. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there on Barnegat Bay, Creekside Outfitters, Route 9, and Weartown, Captain Jeff.
Ever Fisherman Evans is on the rack of Vin Liners to tell us what's going on with some bass up in Barney at Bayway. Jeffy, what do you got, man? Hey, Tom. We're doing pretty well. The schoolie-sized bass in the back bay on the on the soft plastics and the jig heads, as well as the little four-inch Rapala X-Wraps. Oh, oh. Four-inch poppers. Okay, give us the color on the plastics. Paddle tail, grub tail, what's the dealio? Chartreuse and pink, sir. Chartreuse. Ain't no use if it ain't chartreuse. And ACDC from Fly on the Wall, sink the pink. Hey, pink and chartreuse are hot. Are you hearing anything uh, along the jetties uh, out there at the inlet, the south jetty on TOG, Jeff? Yeah, the guys coming into the store are starting to get some TOG on the green crabs as well as uh, some clams. Okay, now you got green crabs in stock? We do have some green crabs. All right. When we... Okay, man. You there? That, you there? I'm here. Talk and to me. On the, <laughs> <laughs> on the offshore wrecks, the guys have been getting a mix of tog, some good-sized tog. I heard of a couple over 10 pounds. Whoa. And some, and some keeper cod. Keeper bacala? Absolutely. Oh, man. Tell them, uh, tell them to send some donations my way. Okay, Captain Jeff, what are the hours now up there at Creekside? I believe our hours are from 6 to 6, 7 days a week there. Okay, Cap, we'll see you on the water, man. All right, Tom. Take care. That'll do it for this week on Rock and Fin Red. Again, happy New Year. Open day of trout season today. Plenty of fish out there. Like I said earlier, man, they really loaded up. Next three weeks in South Jersey, most of the waters will be hit the next three to four weeks. Go to njfishandwildlife.com. All the information there. They're loading it up. Hey, man, got to beat the cormorants and the ospreys, but get out there. Plenty of big fish, plenty of uh, standard stocky-sized fish. Get out and enjoy. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders and law enforcement. Remember to limit on the trout. Six fish, nine-inch minimum. See you next week. Rack and fin radio. So, bitch and moan what you want. The fluke seasons and sea bass seasons and regs are set. See you next week. Rack and fin radio.